Good afternoon and good morning to the West Coast. My name is Andrew. Welcome, Sheila. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. I'm excited to co-host the show with you. You and I haven't done this in a very long time. Yes, I think it's been exactly three years. There's so much going on here. Um, we've got the <laughs> convoyreports.com. We've got the convoy protest in Ottawa. Of course, there's all the stuff happening on the Alberta-Montana border. Welcome to everybody watching across the country and across the world. There's so much stuff going on right now. We're on Rumble. We're on Super U. We're on Odyssey. We're on YouTube for as long as they'll have us. And then we're going to cut away once things get too spicy. Sheila, I don't know. Have they created any new rules on YouTube about talking about the convoy? Or is that now banned? Uh, who knows? It could be any moment, though. Um, the world sure wants to push forward their narrative on the convoy. Um, they want it to be violent. They want it to be sexist. They want it to be hateful. They want it to be racist. But even the Ottawa City Police cannot go along with that. And, no. you know, I, from what I remember from the BLM protests, the Ottawa police were pretty political then. But even they've said, no, th these guys are peaceful. There's been no um, instances of violence or arrests or anything like that. So the media is getting it completely wrong. Yeah, and I was watching our reporter Lincoln Jay live from Ottawa last night, and he was able to speak to different police forces there. Now, I assume they're hired from different jurisdictions. We saw Ottawa police. We saw Durham Regional Police. Some police said, I think the Durham police said they're having a good time there. Other cops said that they hadn't <laughs> seen any violence. Things have been peaceful. So depending on which group you get, you're going to get a different answer. But none of them were able to say that there's been any violence. Nobody has been able to report any arrests, even the alleged um, attack that uh, Ottawa Citizen is reporting. There's no police reports or actual, you know, violence happening that people can see. Hundreds of thousands of cameras, of course. And something's happening here. Lights are going out. I think we're losing our feed. What is going on? Of course, Sheila's always left to pick up the pieces when there's some kind of technical difficulty in the office. We'll let the guys in studio sort it out. But yeah, the uh, media is sure getting it wrong. Um, I saw the other day that they reported um, a car accident, a major car accident that a truck had rammed a police car was the initial story that broke on Twitter, as stories tend to do, as rumors tend to do. But then when everybody pumped the brakes and waited for the the truth to come out instead of the overreaction to happen, a vehicle had simply slid into a police cruiser on some icy Ottawa city streets. But, you know, the media and, and, you know, Twitter leftists are always so quick to overreact because they just want these truckers to be what they say they are and to be there doing the things they say they are. And that's just never really the case. Um, what's happening now? Hello, David! Sheila. <laughs> to quote The Rock, finally. The Menzoid has come back to Rebel News. Thank you so much, High Energy Andrew says, for filling in for me. Sheila, what a glorious pleasure it is to see your face for the first time in 2022. And to all the people tuning in, I am indeed back. Thank you so much for your well wishes. What shall we say, Sheila? Uh, I was on assignment. <laughs> <laughs> these last six I, weeks. <laughs> I have not been lying to people. I've been telling them that you are taking some much-deserved, hard-earned time away from the shows because you have been going nonstop for at least six years, and that is the God's honest truth. Day yeah. in, day out, every single weekend you're out there. So you know what? You're entitled. 
Well, thank you, Sheila. And contrary to popular belief, I was not confined to a mental institution. <laughs> <laughs> or a <It's>, prison. <laughs> do we still have rubber rooms and straight jackets and that sort of thing? Or is that off, off the table these days, Sheila? I'm open to you finding out the hard way. <laughs> <laughs> I was once put in a, a straight jacket for a photo shoot, no. but I won't go into that. Oh, because shoot. as the saying okay, goes, okay. enough about me. I got to tell you, Sheila, the truck convoy is still very much in the news. I wish I could have been in Ottawa this weekend. I really do. I think that was and is a historic event. And of course, there's offshoots of that. The... Um, the trucking uh, blockade, if you want to call it that, it's a semi-blockade, I guess, because traffic's still getting yeah. through at the Alberta-Montana border. And another tentacle, and I think we should touch upon all these stories today because I think they are all linked to the original Ottawa trucking convoy, Sheila, is indeed the final fate of Air No Tool. Maybe even by tomorrow, um, there will be a um, walk-the-plank Patrick Brown moment uh, for Mr. O'Toole. We'll see how the votes go in caucus. And, um, oh, geez, <laughs> look at that headline. O'Toole welcomes leadership review after third of conservative third. caucus revolt. <laughs> um, what's that saying, Sheila? Uh, be careful what you wish for. <laughs> yeah. I'll be shocked, actually, if he survives the day um, without stepping down it appears as though he is so, I don't know what the right word is. I don't want to give him a clinical diagnosis because I'm just a farmer journalist. But uh, this is so narcissistic that he is, it, it looks like he's trying to burn the place down on the way out the door. Um, he's saying that his caucus revolt is based on you know, his support of the conversion therapy bill. And he is just... <laughs> swinging garbage all around it, you know what it's like he's standing there with a garbage bag with a rip in the bottom and he's just swinging it around and covering everybody with garbage as he leaves just go you threw out denise batters yep. two months ago my favorite senator every time i think the senate should be abolished denise batters does something cool and i remember that they actually do some good work over there threw her out because all she said was Maybe we should ask the members, the dues-paying members, uh, the people who fundraise for us, what they think about your leadership. And he threw her out for that. And now, two months later, by the way, all you conservatives who didn't stick up for Denise, I see you. I remember. And now that it's politically opportune for you, now you're standing up to Aaron O'Toole. <laughs> Where were you when you hung Denise out to dry and kept your little mouths shut? I remember who you are, by the way. But what happens to Denise now? I hope when Aaron O'Toole is gone, she's brought back into caucus like a hero. I, I, I hope you get your wish, Sheila. And you've touched upon a great point in terms of the Aaron O'Toole leadership style. Put some air quotes on that. And that is he can certainly dish it out, but he can't take it. Um, whenever there's a dissenting voice, off with their heads or seclude them. But as yep. we saw this weekend, you know, again, this is how I tie it to the trucker convoy. His wishy-washy flip-flopping, um, his deceptive language in press conferences, such as... Um, when asked the question, are you going to meet with the truckers? And he says, well, we've reached out to the uh, Canadian uh, Trucking Association. Well, Sheila, the oh, CTA. The, the Liberal Lobby Group? Yeah. The Liberal Lobby Group? 
Yeah, they don't represent nothing to do with truckers. Exactly. It has nothing <laughs> to do with truckers. It's the corporate interests they're concerned about. And they've denounced yeah. the convoy. So a lot of people, I think, don't realize that. They think, oh, look, you know, he is reaching out. You know what's incredible in terms of, uh, again, dishing it out but can't take it? And we've heard rumors that behind closed doors, Aaron O'Toole is going berserk right now. So oh, apparently sure. he's quite the sore loser. But, you know, Sheila, what do you make of those apologists on the right or right of center who are making excuses for Aaron O'Toole saying, come on, why is it the conservative party has to shoot themselves in the foot all the time? Why do they always, uh, you know, declare these leadership reviews? Isn't this a gift to the liberals, et cetera, et cetera? I was reading a column in today's Toronto Sun, Sheila, which is a right of center paper uh, still but barely, and by a columnist whose name I shall not mention. And he was saying the real problem, and uh, no, I'm not kidding. I know it's February 1st, not April 1st. The real problem with the conservatives right now, Sheila, is they don't have state-of-the-art software like the liberals do in terms of <laughs> running campaigns. Oh, really? Uh, so the, the real problem isn't having a leader who says what he means and means what he says. Uh, the real problem isn't a leader who is conservative. The real problem isn't a leader who ran a campaign for the first two weeks, which was splendid uh, in the last uh, election campaign in September, Sheila. And then in the, the final couple of weeks, flip-flopped on everything from carbon taxes to the gun ban. You know, are you kidding me? Sheila, I put it out to you and our audience that by every benchmark in the 2021 federal election, Aaron O'Toole was a failure in terms of percentage of the vote compared to 2019, in terms of how many seats were won, in terms of the promise of winning seats in the coveted greater Toronto area that never happened. By every tangible benchmark, Aaron O'Toole is a loser. And what's yeah. more, as we discovered going back to 2020, when he agreed to attend um, our independent press gallery, uh, in you know, in the the independent par parliamentary press gallery debate in Toronto, where he had the decency to show up, the decency to take questions, including from me. Yeah, he was all lovey-dovey with people and media friendly to him then, but within the space of months, um, I remember the last uh, day of the uh, the election campaign on a Sunday. He had his henchmen force me and my camera person onto a busy street to cover yeah. a press conference Corey where, Vaughan. yeah, where we could have been hit by a car because uh, they lied in terms of the property line. This was municipal property, at least a meter of which at the curb they kicked us off of while the mainstream media got ringside seats. I guess the only victory I scored as I made him 40 minutes late for his own press conference because he was cowering in his bus like a little coward. That's a leader. You're afraid of me. You're afraid of my questions. Sheila, the sooner this guy is out the door, it's a celebration for everyone in conservative land. Yeah, it's weird how that article in the Toronto Sun uh, it's like that person who wrote that never actually has ever spoken to a conservative in their life. Like the reason, <laughs> the reason we have all these party fractures 
And the reason we have all these breakaway parties, particularly in Alberta, in the most conservative places in the country is because we don't have a problem holding our own team to account when they don't do the things they say they're going to do. Yes. And that's why conservatives are mad. That's why the PCs fractured into the wild rose. That's why reform fractured off. That's why uh, the PPC fractured off is because conservatives look at liberals and say, you guys just follow the leader. You don't stand for anything. Yeah. So it's it's a good thing about conservatives that we have these principles, these lines in the sand. It also makes it very hard for us to win elections because we we conservatives tend to not do things in groups. Right. Like it's very hard to round them all up and get them marching in the same direction because they're individualists by nature. That's why they're conservatives and not liberals. But the idea that my problem with Aaron O'Toole is that he does or doesn't use nation builder is crazy. <laughs> like, like it, it, that's crazy. I That's not even remotely a consideration. It's the flip-flops on the carbon tax, the gun ban. I still don't know if he supports the truck convoy. You know what I no. do know, though? I know exactly where Pierre Polyev stands on yes. all those issues. And I'll tell you, I know exactly where Candace Bergen stands on all those issues. The problem is the same with Andrew Scheer, who... I all of a sudden somehow miss Andrew Shear. I don't know how Aaron O'Toole is that bad. I'm like, you know what? Shear's not, he's not all that terrible. Um, but it, that was, it was the same problem is that we didn't know what he stood for, or at least we didn't know what he stood for publicly with air with Andrew Shear was social conservatives knew he was a social conservative too. So why was he telling the media another thing? You couldn't trust him all of a sudden, but Aaron O'Toole, you're like, no, you said the gun ban was, undemocratic and then you're like no no we're fine with it now how does something go from being undemocratic to perfectly fine based on what you think toronto voters like that's the problem with aaron o'toole not nation builder <laughs> oh um sheila you are so right it's it's absolutely surreal uh some of this support in allegedly conservative circles forum but it's a losing game uh the rumble is he might be gone uh, later today, tomorrow, who knows? I don't know what the over-under line is. And, you know, another factor, too, Sheila, and it did cost some conservative MPs, and I think I speak to your wheelhouse when I say this, those out west, those in Alberta, uh, and I'm talking about the people who support conservatives, I got a real feeling that they were tired of being taken for granted. Oh, we got yeah. that in the can so let's reach out and move further left, further left to the Laurentian elites. But if I was a liberal voter, why would I vote liberal light and not liberal classic? Um, yeah. it, I, it, it makes no sense to me. And I guarantee you this, Sheila, you know, from the sources I speak to, if an election were held tomorrow or next year and Aaron O'Toole's in charge, he the plan is to move the party further left. And I think that yeah. is due to the inner circle of 20-something soy boys that are leading Aaron O'Toole around by the, no, by the nose, and he's going for it. And it speaks to, again, the lack of leadership. Um, it's almost as if, well, don't blame me. This is what my strategist told me to do. Those aren't the words of a leader. Could you imagine Donald Trump, Margaret Thatcher, Ronald Reagan, Rob Ford saying, well, I want to go this way, but my, you know, my woke boys say, don't do that. This is weakness, not strength, Sheila. Yeah, and it's also undemocratic. 
because people didn't vote for your inner circle. They voted for you based on what you told them you would do. That's how Aaron O'Toole won the leadership. We didn't vote for Corey Hahn. And I say we as conservatives, I didn't cast a ballot in that. But um, we, nobody voted for Aaron O'Toole's communication flax, who yeah. literally can't get anything right. Um, uh, how difficult is it to articulate conservative values? I do it every single day. If you truly believe these things, you can easily make an argument for them. I don't think they believe these things. They just see the conservative party as their eventual vehicle to power. They're like the old PCs here in Alberta where they didn't actually stand for anything except power and um, you know, golden parachutes. Um, but we should tell everybody what we're doing here. Oh before, yeah. Yeah. Here it's been we go. a long time. I forgot. <laughs> yeah, I know. Right. We're both a little rusty and I'm just excited to see you, but this is Aaron O'Toole's tweet thread. This is him swinging around that ripped garbage bag here. Uh, there are two roads open in the conservative party of Canada. One is the road of Randy Hillier and Derek Sloan, neither of which by the way are federal conservatives. So that's weird. Um, it is angry, negative, and extreme. So exactly what the mainstream media is calling the convoy, by the way. So this is what he's doing to like the the overwhelming majority of conservatives who are like, oh. Aaron, get out, you narcissist. Don't burn the place down on your way out. How he, sad. He just, it's his way or the highway. And he's just going, the longer he stays, the more fractured the party gets, the more damaged he gets. But if for him, he thinks that this is his thing. He gets to keep it. He doesn't really care about the party. He doesn't care about Canada. Uh, this is from last night. There's a report tonight from members of the Conservative Caucus who are unsure of what road to take. No, I'm pretty sure they're sure. They are, it is said, bringing a letter to caucus to trigger a vote on my leadership of the party. I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> yeah, I'm not turning back. Canada needs us to be united and serious. So he's drawing lines, calling people who disagree with his leadership style, like uh, the fringe radicals. And then he's like, but let's get united. Who wrote this? Justin Trudeau, um, it's time for a reckoning. <laughs> Damn straight, buddy. Uh, to settle this in caucus right here, right now, once and for all. Anger versus optimism, that's the choice in simple terms. Oh. I, I will accept the result of this vote, but he just said he's not going anywhere, and he doesn't want the vote to happen, by the way. The signers of this letter must accept it, too. They brought it. They'll have to live with it. Rebecca and I are committed to, yeah, blah, 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 him and his family. So uh, it's so bad that even... My MP, who has been a sheer loyalist and then an Aaron O'Toole loyalist, he said, um, you know, like you're just making things up at this point. Just leave Aaron. So it's bad. He's losing even his biggest loyalists. It is absolutely stunning. And I, I can't help but focus on that phrase he used, Sheila, anger versus optimism. First of all, who does Hope he and change, think? my dude. <laughs> but... Sheila, is he so tone deaf to his own language that he doesn't understand that he is causing the anger in conservative land? You know, it, it's his lack of principles, his lack of positions, his flip flopping, his lack of leadership. And when it comes to optimism, Sheila, with Aaron O'Toole as the head of the Conservative Party of Canada, what is there to be optimistic about? You mentioned uh, Andrew Shear. It's funny you said that. I had a discussion with Lady Menzoy just this weekend, and we agreed. Did you ever think in the past two years you would ever say to yourself, I pine for the glory days of Andrew Scheer as his leader? I'll even, I'll trump that, Sheila. I'll go back to 
I pine for the glory days of Joe Clark, who was actually prime minister. Although it was funny, I once came across a commemorative coin for Joe Clark. It, it was so funny. Commemorating the Joe Clark prime ministership, 1979 to 1979. Yeah. <laughs> so, but I'd take that guy over. He took a couple, <laughs> he spent a couple of prime min, or trimesters in the prime minister's <laughs> office. That's about it. <laughs> Um, we've got a clip from Doug Ford in response to this, and then I've got a couple comments that I want to make, and then we've got to tell everybody what we're doing, and then we should move along <laughs> we before I get <laughs> – we didn't. So let's just look at Doug Ford. Another question related to Ottawa. Um, I'm sure you're uh, well appraised of what's happening within the Conservative Party uh, currently. Uh, the question for you, obviously, because a lot of people have been mentioning your name as a potential successor to Aaron O'Toole if things go that way. Do you have any plans whatsoever to step into the Conservative no. leadership race if there is a race now or sometime in the next No, I have my hands full. I love being Premier of this province. We're going to build this province, and, and I'm going to uh, continue uh, leading this province. Uh, that, that's my job. I, I am just you know, 24-7 working on getting us out of this pandemic. I want to unite this province. I, I can't stand this divide. When I see this divide in this country and in this province, I want people united. And we're going to get there. We're going to get through this uh, together. We're going to get through it cautiously, but we're going to be uh, united at the end of the day. Another question. Oh, I'm furiously scribbling here because there's a lot just visually going on here. So we've got everybody standing six feet apart outside wearing masks, unscientific, crazy people. You can hear the reporter talking through a mask outside again. And I'm, I'm dangerously close to uh, YouTube problems, so I won't get there. But um, <laughs> he wants to unite people. Maybe quit calling them names like Yahoo's Dougie. Um, and by the way. Building out, building Ontario. Um, we used to have when Allison Redford was premier. Um, oh. We used to have these building Alberta signs that were literally everywhere, and it was so bad that the Wild Rose opposition would like put them in the bathroom, and it was like <laughs> building Alberta, changing the toilet paper since 2019 or whatever. Like it was, <laughs> they would put them everywhere because any sort of anything that a dime of government money was spent on they would slap these building alberta signs up and it was like honorable allison redford it was just a big marketing campaign for allison redford so it's funny how doug ford has adopted that uh that position there oh and and you know sheila first of all i just want to say this about that image we were looking at where they're six feet apart i can't get it out of my mind every time i see <laughs> that that it's it resembles the scene from Star Trek in many episodes, you know, where they're beaming up to the Enterprise. Oh yeah, you, you know, it, maybe you're in the Mr. transporter. <laughs> yeah, can, yeah, you know, because you don't want to get too close to your crewmate in case we have a you know a fly type uh, transportation uh, issue with the yeah. molecules going around. So it always looks like they're about to beam up to the mothership, uh, you know. But really, Doug Ford talking about a united front. Doug oh. Ford is is the recipient of a palace coup that goes back to late January in 2018 when Patrick uh, Sneaky Brown uh, was frog-marched out of Queen's Park in one of the most inglorious farewell um, scenes I've ever seen in the political landscape. And, and, and he should have been. 
Uh, Patrick Brown, once he caught power, he threw social conservatives under the bus and then he threw fiscal conservatives under the bus. And when there was no more conservatives to throw under the bus, the conservative party, uh, the progressive conservative party of Ontario, yeah, they (laughs) threw him under the bus or into that salt stained minivan that came to pick him up at the at the rear entrance, you know, the delivery entrance of Mm. Queen's Park and Doug Ford was the numeral uno beneficiary of that palace coup because they had a leadership race. And, and you know, it, it set a precedent, I think, Sheila, because people were saying, oh, it's a dumpster fire, the PC party, uh, the election's coming up in early June, there's not enough time. Oh, it turns out there was enough time. He got a super majority. Unfortunately, much like Aaron O'Toole, um, what's that saying when you're watching an ad on TV? Um, oh, yeah. Goods may not be as advertised, right? Because yeah. once they get into a position of power, the base is suddenly, like you said, Sheila, a bunch of yahoos. People say, oh, that was Doug Ford's Hillary Clinton moment. No, 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 it was much worse. Hillary Clinton was talking about Trump's supporters, the enemies. Yeah. Doug Ford was talking about his supporters. Yeah. And um, we'll see how that plays out on June 2nd here. But one thing... Um, that I want to address if uh, Aaron O'Toole is gone by sometime this week or next month, whatever the time frame is, because I think he is uh, done like dinner, as Tiger Williams used to say, uh, the uh, the great Toronto Maple Leaf player. Um, who is in the wings in terms of a replacement? Um, our good friend Lauren Gunter wrote about that this in the Sun newspapers about a week and a half ago. Who is the champion? to fill the void of Aaron O'Toole uh, leaving. Do you have any thoughts on that, Sheila? Well, there's Polyev, there's Bergen. They're both but do they want the it? Issues. These are all great names, I agree, but do they want it? I'm not sure. I, I'm not sure who wants it. Who wants this dumpster fire of a party right now? I mean, they really have to clean it up. I think if things had gone differently in Alberta, Jason Kenney would be tapped to come oh. across and, and lead. And I think that's sort of was his plan, maybe. I'm just reading into his mind a little bit. But I think that was his plan. But uh, things didn't go uh, as advertised, as you just said, <laughs> for Jason <laughs> Kenny out here either. But yeah, it's interesting to hear Doug Ford talk about division. I feel like that phone call is coming from inside the house, if you know what I mean. We should tell everybody what we're doing here because we're uh, yes. halfway through the show and we haven't told everybody how they can support the work that we do. And I'm sure Mr. Producer has like smoke coming out of his ears right now Um, because we've (laughs) talked about one thing and they've got a big list of stuff. So, um, oh, he says, don't worry. He understands my excitement (laughs) of having my sweet Prince David back on the show with me. Um, Well, as you folks know, if you're watching us on YouTube right now, we do broadcast on YouTube, but there will come a time likely in the show if we can get around to talking about something else where we have to cut off our YouTube feed. And that's because there are certain things that YouTube does not allow us to talk about. Um, one of those is questioning the advice of a public health officer. So uh, you may have noticed earlier when I said I'm getting close to the red line for YouTube. That's because, you know, once you start criticizing restrictions, um, that's when YouTube starts restricting you. So uh, the good news is we are also simultaneously broadcasting over on Rumble, SuperU, and Odyssey. Rumble will allow you to support the work that we do through a Rumble rant. 
Odyssey does hyperchat, so you can give us uh, some of their library cryptocurrency or some old-fashioned money. We take both. We don't care. And uh, SuperU has a brand new feature um, where you can leave us a SuperU shout. And uh, if you do that, and we will do our best to read those comments attached to your donations on air. And uh, Mr. Producer will send them to me, and we'll uh, we'll read those out for you, and we'll do our best to address whatever it is that you have asked us or if it's a question query comment story idea we'll just do our best to discuss it um now i think um just pivoting off erin o'toole here the reason i think the truckers are in ottawa has a lot to do with erin o'toole mm -hmm. and it's because they don't see anybody fighting for them and yeah. so like good blue collar people they're like well heck we'll do it ourselves that's what's happening here. They see the academics have screwed this up and have abandoned science. The public health necromancers are, are addicted to power and the unaccountability of their um, decisions. The politicians, they can't admit they were wrong and change lanes and start doing something differently. So when all else fails, you take matters into your own hands. If you don't feel like you're being heard, you don't feel like somebody's fighting for you, you take matters into your own hands. And that's, I think, why the convoy's happening. So, uh, you know, if you were a smarter politician, and I don't think Aaron O'Toole is um, politically intelligent in that way, I'm not saying he's a dumb guy, but I don't think he's politically intelligent, you would get out and lead that parade. But he just, he can't figure it out at all. Um, Mr. Producer, sorry, uh, I'll let David give his comment, but would you mind pulling up uh, Tucker Carlson's comments from last night? Because I was still pacing around the house this morning. I, I was so excited. I was just walking in circles after his kind words about us. But David, your comment first. Yeah, what you said, I agree 100%. This trucker convoy, I think, was the domino that's going to get Aaron O'Toole out of uh, the leadership of the Conservative Party. However, if he took a firm position, if he came out and did a photo op in front of these, um, you know, common man truckers and said, I support you, uh, I'm with you. If he again flip flopped and this time it would be a positive flip flop on his promise of a carbon tax. This could have been a historic moment for Aaron O'Toole reclaiming his spine showing some testicular fortitude that he is a leader, that he is different and not the same as Justin Trudeau. That was his opportunity on the weekend, Sheila. Instead, yep. he was in the fetal position under a desk somewhere. Like you said at the beginning of the show, I, I'm with you. I don't even know where he is, with the uh, with, with, whether he supports or, or or doesn't support the trucker moment, uh, movement. If, if, if you stand for everything, then you stand for nothing, as the saying goes. And, you know, thank goodness um, you mentioned uh, Tucker Carlson. Isn't it just so perversely ironic, Sheila, that we have to, to depend on American media to give a balanced view of the trucker convoy, to give actual criticism to Justin Trudeau, which uh, Fox News calls Justin Trudeau-dope, uh, in terms of his demonization of those truckers. And one last shout out to T uh, Tucker Carlson. A week ago, uh, when he was covering this very same issue, he said something so profound, something Aaron O'Toole could have said this weekend, 
and it would have resonated with his base and maybe even draw more supporters to him. And it's this. If thank a trucker, if you are alive, because think yep. of the food that gets on supermarket shelves. Think of the medicines that get into drugstores. There's so many other factors, but you are alive because of truckers bringing that to you, right? So let's knock off this crap about putting the fuel costs up for some carbon tax fantasy in terms of climate change. Let's not kowtow to the Al Gores and the Greta Thunbergs of this world and the David Suzuki's. If Aaron O'Toole had said that, Sheila, I think the narrative is different this week moving forward. I agree with you. Um, and just with regard to you, your comments about the American media looking at this and giving it a uh, a more balanced view. Just yesterday, just yesterday, we had reporters on Newsmax. We were mentioned on uh, Tucker's show quite favorably. Yes. Um, Mike Lindell's TV thing that he's doing, Blaze, Buck Sexton's show. Um, we were everywhere. We had, and I think Adam this morning is doing um, radio in Montana. Um, we had somebody else doing something else on the radio. It's we are the trusted media source for the world looking in on the truck convoy because they can't trust the reporting of the entire Canadian media consortium. And that should tell you something. Unbelievable. And and Sheila, do we actually have a clip of uh, Tucker last night, because I thought that was glorious. Yes. We do. Watch this, one of the most humiliating scenes ever caught on tape. <laughs> what does it say, sorry? So it says, F your white nationalist agenda. I am not a white. This is nothing to do about white. This is nothing to do with truckers. This is about freedom for all of Canadians. You can be brown, black, white, blue, whatever color you want to be. This is about freedom. And Trudeau has no right to put us in this condition of mandates throughout the country. Trudeau are not going to school. It's a terrible thing to do. Oh, thank God for Rebel News. It may be. You think Fox is an anomaly in the United States. How'd you like to be Rebel News? Literally the only people in all of Canada who are playing it straight. So there they are trying to tell you that some guy from the subcontinent is a white nationalist. They're trying. They're trying hard. And now they have evidence. It's brought to you by CNN, naturally working in tandem with the CBC. Apparently, brace yourselves, there was a Trump sign in the crowd of truckers. <laughs> you know what? Inject that video right into my veins. If I'm on my deathbed, that'll fix me up like monoclonal antibodies. That That is the best, you know, and Lincoln, so great. The like slow pan, oops, my microphone almost fell over. Slow pan from the leftist um, soy addled brain on too much CBC to whoop, seek trucker. Like I'm not white. Like it was, oh, yeah. it was so good. It was so perfect. You know, it's all, I mean, and I bet you there are, are haters who say that this was a stage thing. No, it wasn't. It was right place no. at the right time. That gentleman, maybe he's a Sikh or Hindu. I don't know. Uh, but he is indeed a visible minority. Uh, he's not white. Refuting what that white soy boy is saying on the sign. And by the way, Sheila, you know what the first thing that 
struck me about that counter demonstrator where uh, with the profane um, uh, libelous almost sign mm -hmm. was the fact that there he is in the thick of things right in you know, uh, ground zero of all these um, uh, supporters of the trucker convoy. Did you see him being hassled? Did you see anyone no. grabbing his sign and ripping it up? You know, Sheila, that we don't, you and I and other rebel, uh, you know, reporters, we don't have to bring a sign denouncing a protest. We just have to show up, whether it's an Antifa infiltrated protest, a Black Lives Matter event. And just us reporting, just my re face makes them crazy. Yeah, we get assaulted. <laughs> we get our equipment yeah. smashed. And and do you see anyone in the mainstream media? Oh, this attack on you know the freedom of the press. Oh no, 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 no. That that's well, they deserve it. They provoked them. Here's a guy clearly provoking the crowd. And you know what? He has the right to do that. I don't dispute him going there and he can say all the nasty things he wants to say on that piece of uh, Dollarama cardboard. But the thing is, nobody hassled him. And when it's a leftist protest, um, it, you know, you can almost expect violence. And yet it's always reported as a mostly peaceful protest. And one last thing, Sheila, on Saturday, I'm listening to the uh, AM680 news channel here in Toronto. It's not talk radio, just it's it's the news. The news and loop. It was the, and I thought, oh no, guys, how could you do this? Because remember, I'm listening to radio. I don't have the visuals yet. And it was about the desecration of the Terry Fox statue, right? And I thought, oh, for the love of Pete, please don't tell me somebody broke that beautiful statue. Please don't tell me somebody threw red paint on it. And then when I saw the image, it was a Canadian flag draped on Terry Fox and a sign, you know, without any kind of profane that language. Said freedom. I think it said freedom or something. Yeah. And I saw some uh, woke journalist in uh, Toronto uh, with the, um, the now awful AM640 radio, so woke, uh, and the second lowest radio station of all the AM and FM channels now, thanks to his meddling. He said, some lines you do not cross. Well, you know what? Um, what about that picture of the Terry Fox statue from a while back where he's draped in the LGBTQ++2S, plus plus sometimes Y, uh, rainbow flag? Um, that was celebrated. Um, there are so many left-wing causes where... They drape yeah. their flags on um, there's uh, I think Mr. Producer has actually found an image. So you'll you'll see I'm uh, I'm not yeah. making this up. And secondly, for the left to lecture anyone on statue desecration. Yeah, we have seen John A. McDonald, Egerton Ryerson, you name it, Sheila, being decapitated or having the statue torn down. And the media doesn't. Um, you know, condemn that, they celebrate it. So please yeah. spare me your hysteronics about a Canadian flag on Terry Fox's shoulders. Well, also their whole narrative about the desecration of the war memorial. The yes. Okay, I'm fine. I'm, I'm happy to have liberals come around to my way of thinking that some things are sacred. That's what the word desecration means, is that you're defiling something sacred. Mm. It wasn't desecration. Somebody parked too close to it. And then when they were told, hey, you're parked too close to it, 
they moved the car. And it's a little bit, see, this is it. So they parked too close to the war memorial. This is desecration for these people, by the way. So I'm supposed to, uh, see, this is the Ottawa police response. Hi there, when asked by police to move, they complied and are no longer there. Thank you. So Ottawa police, to their credit, they are um, debunking the lies of mainstream media journalists like David Aiken, um, who said, oh, they're using the Moore Memorial as a parking lot for protesters. <laughs> Am I, is your side of the aisle, you guys are the ones that gave $10.5 million to Omar Cotter. Omar Cotter's a child soldier, by the way, if you ask these people. Yeah. But all of a sudden now, now they care about the War Memorial. I care about the War Memorial. But I expect now the, the bar is set. Now you people better care about it, too. Um, yeah, I have a real tough time listening to these people uh, about what is or isn't sacred at the War Memorial. That's for darn sure. And they're Sheila. the ones who Nathan Cirillo, by the way, died there. And they're the ones who have a problem saying what happened to him was an act of Islamic terrorism. Oh, they'll never report it that way, Sheila. And speaking of the War Memorial... In that precise area, you might recall my reports from 2020 when I went down to Ottawa and there was that climate change kook. I can't even remember her name. She went by a pseudonym anyways, uh, who claimed to uh, she had ridden, uh, rode her bike from Calgary to Ottawa and they put up yeah. a disgusting tent city right on the grounds of the National War Memorial. But right. because it was about climate change, oh, and by the way, those tents, as we found out in my investigation, Sheila, um, the um, only tent occupied, and this is a trick of the left, because you think, oh, my yeah. gosh, there must be dozens of people huddled in the cold. I think the last time I went there was February of 2020. Um, but no, they were all empty. They were props. The only tent occupied was with the climate change kook. And... Why was it okay for her to spend months? By the way, I did reach out to law enforcement because she didn't have any kind of permit to be there. And it is desecration of the Ottawa War Memorial. And it was absolutely astonishing, Sheila. Uh, I, I'm trying to remember the chronology. I, first, it was Ottawa police. But they said, well, because where where it is, you got to reach out to the parliamentary um uh, security people, which I did. And they said, mm -hmm. well, actually, it's an RCMP uh, matter. And the RCMP said, oh, because it's a municipal, you got to go to the Ottawa police. So you see what's happening? Da, 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 da. You're on that Ferris wheel <laughs> yeah. that, where everyone's tossing this hot potato off and yeah. nothing gets done, right? So uh, please, uh, where was the outrage of the desecration of the uh, National War Memorial back when this climate change fanatic was turned it into a shanty town. Now, uh, Mr. Producer whispers in my ear that we have some interesting developments at the Coots Alberta border crossing. Oh. Now, for those of you who don't know or haven't been following, um, while there is a convoy bunging up all of Ottawa, there's also um, truckers grinding things to a halt at the Coots Alberta Sweetgrass Montana border crossing, and this is a major north-south truck route. And um, they are there protesting for an end. It start what started just like the truck convoy um, about the cross-border restrictions on unvaccinated truckers 
it has become sort of this movement against restrictions for everybody. They just want to be free. And so the border, uh, by and large, has been blocked down there. However, they are allowing school buses, emergency vehicles, locals through. They've got one lane open. So they've reached that agreement there. We've had K2, Kian Simone, and uh, Sid Fizard there round the clock for, well, they're going on two days now. Um, they were, they'd already put in a work day before they went there and then they worked for 24 hours. I think they got a little bit of sleep and a little bit of food last night, but uh, the police have basically surrounded them. They've sent the tow trucks in. They haven't pulled them yet. They're in white oak conditions, by the way, and it's bitterly cold in Alberta today. Mm. Um, so they can't really get out. However, the truckers have resolved to stay. Um, they said resolve to remain peaceful too, by the way, the only way we'll leave is in a cop car. Um, they're doing this for their jobs. They're not trying to block jobs the way pipeline protesters are. They're not trying to block development the way people who camped out on railways were. And these people are protesting in favor of civil liberties and in favor of jobs because truckers can't go to work. People are still sent home from work because they're unvaccinated. So that's why they're there. Our guys are there. We figured these guys needed a lawyer um, to help them navigate the legal, um, I guess, jeopardy that they're in. Um, they've been negotiating with the police um, four rounds of negotiations. Our journalists have been the only ones in there for a time. They were, and I'm not sure if this has changed yet. It may be a recent development that has changed, but the supporters of the truckers who are by and large locals um, were not allowed to bring the truckers in food, water, or medicine. Unbelievable. Um, unbelievable. So some of them are diabetic. Some of them need heart medicine. Um, they are getting support from truckers on the other side too, even ones that are waiting there for the road to open. Um, some of them, one had sat there for three days, a Montana trucker. Uh, so cut off from his own family because of the blockade. And he said to them, you know, basically keep going. Just, he was happy to be let through, obviously speaking, but he was like, do not open the border. Um, so that's what's happening there. And our trucker lawyer, if Chad Williamson does not put this on his business card, Chad, what are you even doing? Um, we we hired these guys a lawyer. Um, and if you would like to support uh, their lawyer because they they need help, they they're negotiating with police and, and not to say that truckers aren't intelligent people, but there are legal things that they need an expert to help them with. So if you want to donate to their legal defense fund, it's at trucker lawyer. .ca and our expert trucker lawyer Chad Williamson the man who single-handedly took on all of Justin Trudeau's lawyers and got us into the debates commission on uh 48 hours worth of work he worked through a weekend and argued and won and got us in even though the entire government didn't want us in the debates commission that's who we hired for these guys so Chad drove all morning like i think he left his uh place in Calgary at like 4 a.m. he got there very early and he's already addressed the truckers and told them that he's going to fight for them. So let's show that video of Chad. Constitutional lawyer's got a, 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 a quite a bit of experience dealing with the government, as you probably know uh, from my reputation, I do as well. Uh, first of all, I just want to commend you guys and congratulate you for taking a stand for our constitutional rights, uh, our charter rights, and for exercising your right uh, to uh, to peaceful protest. So. On behalf of Albertans and Canadians in general, 
I thank you for what you've done. Uh, it's going to be a, a trying process, and uh, frankly, I can't promise you guys that we're going to be uh, able to fudge the government on this stuff. Uh, but we've got—I uh, mean, you know—we're the people, and we've got the power, right? So give yourselves a round of applause just for just for. And uh, as I've told everybody, this is pretty serious business, and uh, obviously you guys are aware of that, uh, what you're doing, what's on the line, and what's at risk. So uh, if you need Marty or me, we're here to help you. Uh, the legal fees are being crowdfunded, so that's great, uh, and you guys will have uh, representation, okay? So thank, thank you guys you. again. Uh, we're not going to be going anywhere, so okay. we'll, we'll be floating around all day if you have any questions. Uh, we are going to be dealing with uh, a couple folks that hopefully will be representing the majority of interests here. Uh, and once we have a little bit of a, a meeting downstairs, we'll be establishing uh, our, uh, our connection with uh, the authorities to start negotiations. So thank you guys again. Again, a uh, big round of applause for everybody. isn't easy and uh, you know my, my, my family arrived in Alberta at the turn of the 20th century uh, over a hundred years ago uh, and I'm, I'm about as Albertan as they come but I still don't think that that even measures up uh, to what you guys are doing no matter when your uh, your families arrived in this province so uh, my hats off to you okay thank you thank you as well this is a big fight in, in yes. You know, Sheila, uh, maybe Chad should be the leader of the Conservative Party of Canada. I imagine that might entail a pay cut because he's that damn good. But, you know, um, a couple of things. You know, I this is why I wish I was the winner of the Powerball lottery. Not so I'd have mega millions to buy all kinds of fancy cars like, uh, well, there's an endless list. Well, I would buy the fancy cars, of course, but it would be to do things like buy a helicopter and employ a pilot and fly over to that blockade and do like a United Nations airdrop of food, beverage and blankets, yep. you know, so that, yeah, if they're if the SWAT members are doing this uh, blockade of food and medicine getting in, well, we'll get around that. Uh, of course, they'd probably charge my pilot uh, with some kind of thing. But uh, what you said earlier, I want to go back to this. First of all, Sheila, uh, just for clarification, I understand this is not an a true blockade in terms of there is a lane of traffic getting across yeah. the border. Okay. Yeah. So going back two years ago, as you mentioned, the rail blockade, where not a single choo-choo train could go past those protesters, and many of them were fake Indigenous people, uh, by the way. Um, nothing was done for weeks on weeks on weeks. It was economic damage to this country in the billions of dollars. You know, CN and CP have their own police forces. You, you might not believe that, folks. Uh, yeah, granted, these are the guys that, you know, couldn't get through police college and make a real police force. But these rail cops didn't even... They, finally, there was something for them to do in terms of, you know, enacting the law on the rail lines. Even they wouldn't touch it. Nobody would touch it. Finally, it reached a crescendo. I went out uh, when the cops came into uh, Bell, you know, in the Belleville area of Ontario, and they were finally, finally enforcing the law. Why is there such urgency, Sheila, 
to get these guys out of there, even if it means starving them out, even if it means depriving them of much needed medicine, as you said. And on the flip side, this farcical uh, blockade of the rail lines was tolerated for so long by the Justin Trudeau liberals. It's interesting to see Jason Kenney's reaction to this. So he wants this ended immediately, even though there's a lane of traffic open. Um, but Albertans, particularly our blue collar folks, we've got a long history of civil disobedience to bad laws. And I'm old enough to remember when the Conservative Party of Canada, that included Jason Kenney at the time, was very in favor of that civil disobedience. In fact, they passed a law related to that civil disobedience, and it was called the, I wrote it down this morning because I forget what the exact name was of the law that ended the wheat board, the Marketing Freedom for Grain Farmers mm. Act. So in Alberta, our farmers, it started in the late 90s. They finally went to jail, I think, in 2002. What they did was an act of civil disobedience where they knew they were going to get in trouble for it. But they were, for lack of a better term, martyrs for the cause. So what they to give the historical context, Western farmers could not just sell their grain to whomever they felt like, like <laughs> Eastern farmers could. I know it sounds ridiculous, but they had to sell it to a central marketing board who then sold it on your behalf to whomever they felt like. You didn't have the freedom to just say to a 4-H club, and this is literally what they, the farmers did. Hey, 4-H club in Montana, you want to buy a bushel of grain from me? And the 4-H group in in Montana says, yep. And so you deliver them the grain, your the products of your labor. You can sell it to them. The government had to get in the middle, this quasi-government agency. So a bunch of farmers, they were called Farmers for Justice. They got together and said, we're going to do this. We're going to sell our grain to whomever we like across the border. And when they come for us, we will just willingly take the punishment and through our act of civil disobedience and through our punishment, things will change. And they did. Rick Strankman went to jail. Jim Ness went to jail. Their only crimes, these good, God-fearing, law-abiding men selling the products of their own labor. And their act of civil disobedience ended the wheat board monopoly. It got a law changed. It was called the Marketing Freedom for Grain Farmers Act. And they were ultimately pardoned for their crimes by Stephen Harper and Jason Kenney's government. We have a long history of this here. And that, for me, I think, is being replicated here. These men are engaging in civil disobedience. They are remaining peaceful. And they said they're willing to take whatever comes at them. One of them said that they are willing to leave there in a police car. That's how they'll go away, peacefully in the back of a police car. So that's what they're willing to do to shine a light on the problems being perpetrated by the government with regard to civil liberties in Alberta. This is civil disobedience. This isn't economic terrorism. Yeah. And, you know, by the way, Sheila, if you are out there, um, uh, that is the truckers at the border, and you are willing to be, um, you know, taken away in the back of a police car. As for a police SUV, there's more leg room. I speak from experience. <clears throat> this is Alberta. They're all police SUVs. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but, you know, Sheila, you are right. Uh, the, ex the very existence of the Canadian Wheat Board, it was like something taken from 1970s era Soviet Union economic uh, management. It was an outrageous and egregious 
uh, system where imagine farmers who are very independent, I've heard, uh, in nature, being forbidden to sell that commodity um, to those who want to buy it. It goes right against our way of life. It goes right against our system of capitalism. And, you know, I when the Wheat Board was finally uh, given the bums rush, I was so hopeful, Sheila, that uh, there'd be a domino effect because when it comes to Canada, dairy, eggs, chicken, and turkey, these fall under a horrible system called supply management, where you have yep. to buy quota, where imports are restricted, where Canadians pay more. And again, I remember uh, in, in the really dark early days of supply management, Sheila, there were Kentucky Fried Chicken restaurants that had to close early because they didn't have chicken because of this ludicrous supply management system. I'd like to see that gone. I am a big supporter of free market econ uh, economies. I am not a big supporter in, like I said, Soviet-style micromanaged economies. And we know where that led. You can look at the vintage photos of Russians lining up for a mile to buy a loaf of bread. Yeah, Jason Kenney can rest assured that we are digging up every single comment he ever made in favor of the <laughs> Farmers for Justice movement. And we're going to remind him of those comments every time he says something about these truckers blocking the road down there. And they're only blocking one lane, by the way. I just heard from K2, if you, everybody noticed that I seemed a little bit distracted there. So K2, Kian, our reporter on the scene down there, he said um, that farmers are coming to block the roads down there too. So it's not just truckers, it's the cowboys, it's the farmers, everybody's coming now to uh, to support. So I don't know if we have vis of that. Um, this is our friend, Kian. Um, Ron DeSantis, oh, big Ron is in support of our truckers. This is wonderful, yes. uh, warms my heart. Um, but yeah, so if everybody at home, you wanna stay tuned to Rebel News because uh, K2 will have um, a report coming out about that maybe later on this afternoon. That poor young man, the poor young people at this company are working so hard on this convoy story. But those guys in at the border at Coots, they just left like in the middle of the night, almost drove through a snowstorm, blowing wind, driving snow. Um, and they've been there stuck, basically cut off with the truckers the whole time. They for a time, I don't think they could even get back to their car because it was sort of behind the police blockades. And the police told them, if you leave to get your stuff, you got to go. You're not being allowed back in. Even though, by the way, even though they're letting um, Global News and, and CTV in. So <sighs> this is another interesting point that Kian told me about yesterday. The trucker supporters couldn't bring in their medicine, but the media were allowed in. <laughs> Oh, Sheila. And, and you know what? Uh, you mentioned tow trucks. Uh, and by the way, I haven't verified if this is true. I hope it's true. Lady Menzoid passed along something she plucked from the Internet, where evidently the city of Ottawa was reaching out to tow truck companies. I don't know if you heard this story. Um, I did. So, yeah, <laughs> saying, you know what? Uh, in the days ahead, we're going to need some heavy tows. And every company they went to, one after the other after the other of these Ottawa area tow truck uh, firms said, Sorry, can't make it due to COVID. <laughs> I Too busy. pray to God that's true, Sheila. <laughs> yeah, you know what? That's true. Good luck getting some heavy haul tow trucks in from southern Alberta 
and northern Montana mm. to deal with this. Good luck. Um, <laughs> those, you know, like that's a great way to ruin your reputation in the community, right? Because this is in the middle of nowhere. I mean, you might be able to get a tow truck to come in from Calgary, but that's three hours away, over three hours away. Um, and that tow truck company might be able to fade into obscurity. But if you're like Joe Blow's local tow truck company in, you know, Coots or Milk River, no one will ever hire you again if you're part of this. <laughs> Nobody. So, Shelley, you raise an interesting point. Is, is there a company in any sector named Joe Blow? I mean, it's I mean, there's alliteration there, isn't there? But, I know. <laughs> it's always Joe Blow company. when we talk about an anonymous <laughs> Joe but, Blow's balloon inflators. <laughs> <laughs> now, there's some synergy, as they say, in the marketing business. Um, now, Sheila, do we have any super chats right now? Oh, Lordy, do we ever. We've got <laughs> one from Bill. <laughs> we got a ton. Bill uh, CF, seven, a buck, says, welcome back, David. We missed you. Oh, Bill. we all missed David. Thank you so much. You know, Sheila, if I had to do it any differently, what I would have done is stolen a page from the Ontario MPP, Rod Phillips. Remember last year when he was warning everybody <laughs> to stay at home and don't travel anywhere? And he made these videos, which we found out they were pre-recorded days earlier of him sitting in his Ajax house with a turtleneck sweater on next to the fire uh, giving these fireside chats like uh, Mayor Tommy Shanks from Mellonville. And meanwhile, this cat was down in the Caribbean suntanning his ricotta cheese candy ass, but he was making it look like he was around. So what I would have done is recorded all these, um, you know, these pre-recorded uh, rants and stuff to make it look like I never left. But uh, uh, Rod Phillips... You are a genius, my friend, an evil genius. <laughs> Way before Rod Phillips ever did that, I did that. I <laughs> never really take time off. But like a few years ago, maybe four years, five years ago, I did take like five days off. And I pre-recorded a bunch of stuff. And every day I moved one off my desktop over into the company Dropbox. And the people who needed to know knew I was off. But I don't even think like the video editors and producers knew that I wasn't around because I was still just working a little bit every day, putting a video in nobody. Good luck. Anybody finding a hole in the company in like the, our legacy of videos where I wasn't working because I had pre-recorded stuff and just moved it across. Nobody knew. So even before Rod Phillips did it, SGR was doing it. <laughs> Unbelievable that you, Sheila, could take five days off. I mean, you were the queen I bee. I didn't really. Usually <laughs> when the queen bee uh, leaves or dies, the whole hive collapses. I'm surprised we're still in business. So be thanking you. It, it was be thanking you. It was before I was this important. Um, <laughs> let's keep going. We got uh, two bucks from Aquaskies three six three six. Great reporting as always. Today I turned sixty years old, and I'm so happy to start my day with Rebel and David. Oh, how wonderful! Makes my day even better. Thank you, Rebel and David. Thank yeah, you. Great to have Thank that. you so much, Aquaskies. I I, and by the way, to all our viewers, Sheila, I really appreciate. Uh, the well wishes um, and the comeback soon. And uh, it's very humbling. And, you know, Etan, our vice president here, he was in Ottawa and he said, believe it or not, the most oft asked question is, uh, where am I? Even from 
Quebecers who came over the bridge to support yeah. the convoy. And um, I guess this might fall under uh, a dubious co uh, compliment, but he said many of them could barely speak English. And one of them came up to a 10 and he said, uh, hey, uh, where is that, uh, you know, the that old guy that keeps getting beaten up? <laughs> <laughs> Even to you, sir, I thank you for your concern. <laughs> Yeah, where's our senior citizen punching bag? Where's he at? Not <laughs> no, I'm yet. Kidding, David. Not I'm yet. kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> kidding. Uh, Kane and Mark gives us two bucks. Good morning, David. I'm happy you are okay and back. I miss your reporting. Sheila's been killing it this weekend. Shout out to AD. <laughs> Good job, oh, buddy. <laughs> that brings back warm memories at that guitar. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much, my friend. Uh, Stephen. D. James, five bucks. I have never been much of a conspiracy theorist, but it does seem to be a possibility that Aaron O'Toole could possibly be a liberal in disguise. I don't know if he's in disguise. Is he in disguise? I'm not sure. <laughs> um, his actions would certainly make anyone think so. Yeah. If Aaron O'Toole were a more reasonable liberal, would he be doing anything any differently? Um, you know what? No. And it goes to the premise, Sheila, that um, why vote liberal light when you got liberal classic? By the way, I think the Justin Trudeau liberals right now, those MPs, they must be in a euphoric state over watching this dumpster fire in conservative land. Um, but I will tell you this, Sheila, and I honestly believe this, even with all the baggage and the new scandals and the horrible way Justin Trudeau has demonized the trucker convoy, and marginalized their supporters. I think if there was an election held today, you would see a Justin Trudeau majority. I really believe that. I'm not sure. I saw some polling the other day that shows that just in like the last two weeks, public sentiment has really shifted. And I think it's because, I forget what the name of that experiment is that Ezra always talks to when there's one person who stands up and says, no, this is wrong, then other people Real, get they get that moral courage to also stand up and say, no, this is wrong. Yeah, the bystander effect. Um, mm. it, the, I think there's some of that happening where people were like, okay, the TV's telling me to be scared and care about these things, so I will. But then when they see 10 truckers, 30 truckers, 500 truckers, 1,000 truckers, two people on the side of the road, 20 people on the side of the road, 100 people on the side of the road, 100,000 people in Ottawa, all of a sudden, it becomes okay to hold those ideas publicly that you held in your heart. And I mm. think I think some of that is happening. I think there's been like a 10-point shift in people who were for restrictions over to people who are against restrictions right now. It's but been really it, remarkable. Here's the deal, Sheila. Uh, and maybe I'm the statistical anomaly. Let's pretend there's an election at the end of February. Um, who do I vote for? I mean, seriously, I I, yeah. I can't support this party with that leader, right? Yeah. I can't. So I'm going to uh, either, I don't know, go libertarian or decline my ballot. And by the way, folks, when I say decline your ballot, that's not spoil your ballot, because if you do that, uh, the people at the, um, you know, the, the elections Canada people just assume you're a moron that doesn't know how to put an X in a circle. Um, basically, you ask for some paperwork that you sign off where you officially uh, decline your ballot. And, and imagine, Sheila, too, if like, I don't know, 4 million Canadians ever did that, declined. Their, what a message 
to the political establishment and the elites that none of you are worth it. So um, again, it just fuels the, the fire for me that we need regime change and we need it fast. Um, I'm not sure if they would take that message, though. I mean, there are literally a hundred or there were. I'm not sure how many are there, but likely 100,000 plus people converged on Ottawa to send a message to Justin Trudeau. And as Ezra says, he pulled the old third world dictator move and just left town for a little bit. Um, you know, when you think about how much of a strong man Justin Trudeau is, and you you know, you have to think about it that way in authoritarian strongman terms. It took four days of protests to get rid of Ferdinand Marcos, <laughs> like <laughs> the Philippine dictator. Yeah. And those protests, I don't think were as big as what we saw in Ottawa. And we're going on, what is it, day five now? So, uh, you know, like he really is right up there with your third world dictators for how he treats the public sentiment towards him. Sheila, did you say 100,000? It's odd because whenever I tune into local radio here in Toronto, the phrase that many of the reporters say, uh, numbers approaching 10,000. Huh. Fringe minority. Yeah. Fringe minority. They can't even get the numbers right. By the way, I, I've seen protests in uh, Ottawa. That is definitely over 100,000 people. No question. Yeah. Because I've seen the 10,000 yeah. number too, and it was nothing like what we saw on the weekend, Sheila. Yeah. And and that just is Ottawa. This is a nationwide protest. So there were protests in cities, like thousands out in Calgary, thousands out in Edmonton, thousands out in Vancouver. This is not yeah. just an Ottawa thing. This is simultaneous protests against restrictions breaking out. Uh, organically in cities and towns all across the country. Good and point. Justin Trudeau's like, eh, I'm going to the lake. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> let's keep going because uh, we're eight minutes past the hour. Oh. Uh, Fraser McBurney. Good to see you, Fraser. Got your cap locks on. Uh, things I miss. I miss a firm handshake. Handshaking's illegal, asked David Menzies. <laughs> I miss my dog, George. I miss my two brothers. But most of all, I miss my freedoms. That's why I support the truckers. Fraser also says, if you want to kill the Conservative Party, put Ford in charge of the Conservative Party right now. I only have one choice to vote for the PPC. Uh, Nikki sends us five bucks. G Mike three sends us two. Weaver five, five, five sends us ten dollars, says, I'm so happy to have found Dave and Sheila on Rebel News. Please join me in supporting them. Well, that's very nice of you. Oh, and by the way, Sheila, um, a shout out to Fraser. Of course, what was I thinking? Yeah, the PPC at this stage, would get my vote. Um, so I, I don't know how I had a brain cramp to forget about um, Max Bernier, uh, who I think is just fantastic, and who I think, if things had gone differently in that 13th ballot um, for the conservative leadership uh, some three or four years ago, and it was him, not Andrew Scheer, maybe everything is different. Who knows? But PPC for me. And that's David's personal opinion. As the managing editor of Rebel News, we don't have an editorial opinion on uh, which party that we would support. Um, and as for me, you'll never know who I vote for. Anyways, um, joyful from the heart, a buck. Welcome back, David. We miss you, but we but want you to be well. 
Why has nobody asked the prime minister why he's forcing a jab that obviously does not work for him? Yeah, he really scored a an own goal the other day, didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. First, he's self-isolating because he tested positive or he tested negative but had been exposed to COVID. But one of his kids tested positive. So you just know he was licking all their cups and sharing cutlery with them for days um, to try to catch Omicron or whatever he caught so that he could test positive and then disappear into isolation, which he has done. Um, and so he comes out and he's like, oh, you know, like, I'm so grateful for vaccinations, blah, 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 blah. And it's like, but you got you got sick anyways. Thanks. Mm. Thanks for proving to us that the truckers are right to be out there protesting against forced vaccinations by coming down with Omicron because the truckers are like, it doesn't who know, like it. The effectiveness is in question. So why are you making us do this for our job? And clearly it didn't work for the prime minister. So speaking of disappearing acts, uh, Sheila, do we know if Sophie has COVID, too? Oh, I think she has natural immunity. Remember? <laughs> she got it from that actor. <laughs> when she was in London, when we were all supposed to stay home to stay safe, she's off in London at the We Day event. Like, what? What a perfect storm of liberal corruption that all was. She's over at the We Day event. By the way, she's over at the We Day event. We're paying her way. She's working diplomatic angles mm. to try to get access to the like government credit card. She's complaining about the hotels wherein she's staying. Like oh. it was just a mess. We should have been footing the bill for like we, the organization, not we, the taxpayer, sh were the ones that were supposed to be footing the bill for that thing. And then she comes home with COVID. And then when she's coming through the airport, by the way, like her handlers were phoning ahead saying, oh, no, no, she needs concierge treatment at the airport. Just like breeze her right through security. It's all fine and good. <laughs> and comes back with COVID. <laughs> what a disaster that whole thing was. So perfectly liberal, though, right? Perfectly Trudeau. Yeah. Checking all the boxes there. Um, and also, why has nobody asked the prime minister that? To answer your question, because he doesn't let uh, prickly journalists through on the phones. Oh, uh, Alexa was... That. Alexa was on the phone lines yesterday to ask a question about the truck convoy and whether or not Justin Trudeau felt any responsibility for why the truckers felt that they had to come all the way to Ottawa to be heard, but they don't let us through on the phone lines. Well, Sheila, uh, Alexa getting the silent treatment is uh, winning the jackpot. At least uh, she wasn't beaten up by Trudeau's security detail. <clears throat> yeah. Or ignored, just told that he's not going to answer her question. They just don't take them anymore. Uh, Nick176 gives us 15 bucks. Sheila and David, you are the best part of my day. Well, thanks wow. so much. Glad you're back, David. Everyone in Cambridge, Ontario loves the truckers and supports them all the way. Well, that's great. Good to hear. Thank you, Nick. DRB1313, 50 bucks. Mm. Wow. Thank you. David's back doing my happy dance. Thanks, David and Sheila and all the rebels for all your work and the physical abuse you put up with. Any news on JT's palace guard that roughed you up? Well, what can we say, Sheila, aside from, and by the way, uh, thank you for your generosity, sir. Uh, it is going to be before the courts eventually, isn't it, Sheila? Yeah. Uh, we'll handle this legally the way we do so many of the things that happen to us at Rebel News. Yeah. So um, I think the only thing I would ever fight. say, uh, because I don't want to uh, throw a spanner into the works, is that the camera doesn't lie, does it, Sheila? And, That's right. Uh, yeah. So we'll see where it goes. Yeah. Um, 
attack 178. This is my friend from Twitter. He says uh, Trudeau must be deposed. Mandates must end. Anyone who supported these illegal mandates must be prosecuted. End of story. I think we probably won't even see a royal commission out of any of this stuff. Like, I, I think that they're just going to be like, OK, mandates lifted. Let's just forget about the last two years of civil liberties infraction infractions and uh, businesses destroyed and family relationships just pulled apart and separating you from friends and church and everything that mattered. They're just going to say, OK, it's over. Um, let's just carry on. I don't even think we're going to have a serious investigation into what went wrong here. Yeah. Uh, JPH, 1944, a buck. Politicians can end these blockades immediately. Isn't that the truth? Just apply science and rescind the lockdowns, passports, and mandatory vaccinations. Wake up, Trudeau and Kenny. Yeah, I saw yesterday. I wrote it up, actually, for the website. The Canadian Meat Commission came out, and they were mad because there are uh, that's the major route between a Canadian meat processor's and uh, markets in the United States. And they are our largest buyer of our beef outside of Canada. And they were mad. They said, oh, what's the government going to do to end these blockades? Basically calling on the provincial government to send the cops in and just arrest everybody and bust it up. Why aren't they calling on the government to end the mandates yeah. that the truckers are are protesting. That would be the peaceful resolution here. Um, and then we dug in a little deeper. And I'm like, oh, you guys are just a lobby group. You actually don't represent farmers. You are a lobby group, a registered lobby group, by the way, on the lobbyist registry on behalf of the meatpacking industry. And you took a million dollars from Justin Trudeau oh. for a communication strategy over three years. So I'm like, oh, there's that grant too. So yeah, I see where you fall down on this. Unbelievable. Lobbyists. Everybody's on the take. Oh, That's no. the thing I've learned lately. Everybody. <laughs> Everyone's getting greased. Where does it end? <laughs> oh, you should see the story I'm working on today about ventilators. Um, it, Just the amount of money we paid on ventilators versus the ventilators that were actually necessary and deployed. It's like a quarter billion dollar boondoggle. Anyway, uh, at what? just one company, by the way, one ventilator company. Uh, MK Ultra. Sorry, uh, David, go ahead. You were going to say something. Oh, uh, I don't know what your ventilator story is going to be about exactly, Sheila. But when you st start speaking about quarter billion, uh, that used to be a significant number. And that kind <laughs> yeah. of waste. I mean, now it's just like chump change you pennies, find in the couch. Pennies. Yeah. And secondly, these were the scandals once upon a time that would actually bring down a government or trigger an election. And it's just more of the same and the media turning a blind eye or being apologists. Um, it sickens me to my heart, Sheila. Bev Oda's $16 orange juice. Thank you. Thank you. Yep, yeah, Bev. And you know Front what the real thing news. was? The real problem with Bev Oda was she's cool. Yeah. Bev Oda was like this little tiny, tiny Japanese lady, chain smoker. Didn't take any guff from anybody. Uh, she busted the narrative about what a conservative was. That's why the media didn't like her. And that's why they took her down. $16 orange juice. Sheila, that was brilliant. That is the perfect example, again, of the media double standard and what they get their, uh, you know, pants in a knot over and what gets a free pass. Despicable. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, MK Ultra gives us four bucks. God bless those truckers and coots and their cause. They are opposing wicked people. They're opposing a bad law. That's what civil disobedience yeah. is. And they're doing it peacefully. Um, I hope it remains peaceful there. It sounds like they have a commitment to remain peaceful. They've been very prayerful. They've been praying on every decision that they make. Um, and uh, 
They just want everybody to be free, which I think is a noble goal. Craig McDonald, this is my friend Craig with his super cute kids, uh, gives us 10 bucks. Welcome back, David. Great show today, guys. Great work. Keep it up. Well, thanks very much. We didn't get to as much news as we normally do. Normally, we're just breezing through the news over here, but I'm just excited that David's back. Thank I was you, so excited Sheila, to see you, his Craig. face. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Stoker 65 gives us a buck city towing out of Calgary is there to tow. Ah, uh, see, I knew they'd have to get out of towners from the big city, um, where they can just go back to being just another tow truck company. Cause if you got guys at a Lethbridge, I don't know. I don't think people would take too kindly to that. Sheila, I think, you know, this might be, if this is indeed true, uh, this might be a PR black eye for city towing oh. out of Calgary because, yeah, they're going to get that easy, low-hanging fruit to tow right now. But when things return to normal, and God knows when that's going to be, um, maybe if I'm in the Calgary area and I need a heavy tow, probably at the bottom of the, my list is city tow, if that you know story is indeed true. So, yeah. you know, um, long, you know, what was it? Short-term gain, long-term pain? Maybe I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. And I mean, it hasn't been, I haven't confirmed that city towing is doing this. So please don't send city towing any angry phone calls and emails. I'll confirm with K2 and sit on the ground what tow trucks are there. Right. Um, so before you uh, call up city towing and yell at them, let's just do the legwork. Um, but yeah, I mean. I figured it would have to be somebody from Calgary. Um, <laughs> Rod Ron gives us 10 bucks. Love your show. Thank you, David, Sheila, Ezra, and the Rebel team. Keep up the great work. Let's hope that we all get back to freedom and the true good times we had before. Me too. Amen. Freedom Warrior 65 gives us five bucks. Trudeau must resign now in 2022. I don't think he will. I don't think he will. He doesn't have any opposition. Oh, I'm breaking up here. Um, he doesn't have any opposition uh, with the opposition parties, and he doesn't have any opposition within his own caucus. Like Aaron O'Toole is suffering a caucus revolt right now, but there's not a single liberal in the entire liberal party who's looking at Justin Trudeau and saying, maybe we're dealing with these people wrong. Like it, It's all conformity in the liberal party right now. So I think Trudeau is going to be just fine. Uh, Sheila, and there's a reason for that conformity. Um Going back to 2015, when Trudeau, the Trudeau Liberals were first elected, you got to remember they, they weren't even the official opposition. There are tons of Liberal MPs that owe their political careers to Justin Trudeau, such as it is. So there's been rumors of a, a palace revolt in terms of the uh, election called last year in 2021 because it was a big nothing burger. It was just a status quo. All those millions spent. Uh, and, and all that energy wasted on a crass power grab. No, uh, I'm telling you, folks, nothing could be further from the, the truth. Those in the especially in the back benches, they owe their political careers and longevity to Justin Trudeau. And he is there as long as he wants to be there, period. Yeah. Who's and who's going to take it from him? Christian Freeland? Yeah. She's going to cry her way into office. Give me a break. <laughs> Mark Garneau, that man has lost his mind. Space is harder on people than I thought. Um, anyways, we're all caught up on chats. We're 21 minutes past the hour. David, it has been a pleasure and a joy to have you back. I, ha I knew you were coming back. 
Um, but I hadn't seen <laughs> your smiling mug um, since you left. So I was really, my excitement was quite genuine. Um, it, it's just been great. Well, Sheila, thank you so much. It's so great to see uh, your face as well. And I want to thank everybody for tuning in. I especially want to thank everybody that made a donation. That's how we keep the lights on. Sheila and I will be back uh, at this time in this uh, spot on Thursday. And in yes. the meantime, folks, as always, stay sane. Xi Jinping has done his best to dismantle Deng Xiaoping's achievements. He brought private companies established under Deng under the control of the CCP and undermined the dynamism that used to characterize them. Rather than letting private enterprise blossom, Xi Jinping introduced his own China dream that can be summed up in two words, total control. That has had disastrous consequences.